It's a show is recorded in front of a live studio audience. It's a show. It's a show with Greg Shannon is presented by the world famous Jackpot Casino in beautiful downtown Red Deer, Alberta. Brought to you by OpenHighway.com. Live social, HD graphics, digital signage. They do it all at Open Highway Media. In the second half of this week's show, you're going to meet best selling author Joe Hill. He's got a brand new book out called The Fireman, and he has a pretty famous last name that he doesn't promote much. Stay tuned to solve that mystery. And off the top of this week's show. Ben Marasco, CEO of Brasco Exhibitions, is a Calgary born and raised entrepreneur. He's got one in Vancouver, and very soon we'll celebrate the launch of the very first Red Deer Comic Expo. Ben, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good, man. I saw you on Twitter, and oh, okay. forgive me for saying you look very young. <laughs> You're married. Yeah. You were married in 2013, I noticed, but you're a young man. Yeah. I suppose a few years younger, but yeah, definitely a young professional. Tell me a little bit about your story. I mean, this is obviously a passion of yours. Were you a comic book fan as a kid? You know what? I never really got into traditional comic books, but I always loved, you know, as all pop culture. Growing up, I, my bread and butter was Stargate. I would watch two, three, four episodes of Stargate a day. You could name an episode, and I could almost recite it start to end. Okay, show what you've got. Stargate. Next. Creature Next. Atlantis. Thank you. It's a great big world. Where did they find these people? To me growing up, that was really, quote unquote, you know, my nerd, what I really loved and grew up on. Speaking of nerding out, I saw you on your Facebook or Twitter and you got pictures with like the creme de la creme. You get to meet some pretty cool people, you know, whether it be grabbing an autograph or a photo op or anything. So definitely got some cool photos over the years. And you know what? I if anyone gets a chance to get a photo with Neil Patrick Harris, pretty cool opportunity. After the robots escape from the starship, the rebel leader, Princess Leia, is captured. Darth Vader, only you could be so bold. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. I don't know what you're talking about. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away! Forget about NPH, you're in a photo with Princess Leia and Senator Palpatine. Absolutely, yeah. And he doesn't look scary at all. No, nice gentleman, I think. Pretty interesting line of work. So let's go back to the beginning. You've had several careers in your young lifetime. How did you become the CEO and start this company? Yeah, so you know what? Going to my first expo was in 2009. I went to meet Jewel State. Growing up on Stargate, she was on Stargate Atlantis. I was I was so excited. Got a photo with her. And just going to my first Comic-Con was kind of mesmerizing. So excited. So cool. At that event, I was like, wow, you know what? This is awesome. This is cool. I want to do more. So from there, you know, it, it really grew. Started, you know, volunteering for an expo. Started to get more involved. Um, you know, helped out with a few different leadership roles. Ended up growing to the uh, vice president of the show. And then in the summer, uh, with two other partners, we said, you know what? Let's start a show in Red Deer. And here we are. I know exactly the excitement you're talking about. Took my family a couple of years ago to the Calgary Comic Con. Yeah. And got a chance to meet Apollo from Battlestar Galactica. Who was just awesome. Okay. And plus the uh, the Weasley brothers were there. Oh, yeah. From, the Phelps twins. Yeah, from Harry Potter. And my kids were like, seriously? And I said, let's just follow them, see where they go. And they ended up going in this little theater room and they did a Q&A for like an hour. It was awesome. It's funny. Your experience at an expo is a great experience. And I think it's the same experience a lot of fans get. You know, They come not really knowing what to expect, knowing the cool people are going to be there. 
And when they get there, it's just like, yo, I'm standing next to, you know, Carrie Fisher, for example. So let's do a sneak preview. For those fans who haven't plunked down their money yet, reddeerexpo.com, I was on the website. The prices are so reasonable. You can get a day pass for like 25 bucks. Yeah, you can get both days for 29 bucks. Both days for 29 bucks. It's uh, the steal of the century. And let's talk about guest stars. You took a while to announce this, but Marina Baccarin, I just saw Deadpool. She's the girlfriend in Deadpool. She's coming around yeah, there. She, yeah, Vanessa from Deadpool. Holy yeah, you know what? moly. You know, again, going up on Stargate, she was originally Adria in Stargate SG-1, you know, Firefly to V to Homeland to Gotham and then Deadpool. Who can't love Marina? Oh, my son's a huge Firefly fan. He's forced us to watch all episodes and the movie. And uh, she did such a terrific job in that. And I can't believe she's coming to Red Deer. That's going to be awesome. Tell us about some of the other guests. Well, Chloe Bennett from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, you'll recognize her as either Sky or Quake, you know, depending on what you want to call her now. And if you follow how closely you're following the series. Uh, we have Kane Hodder, play Jason, is Friday the 13th. Oh, he looks scary um, on the website. And the guy next to him, <laughs> Michael Berryman, looks 10 times scarier. Is, is that like his normal 8x10? Or is that him in makeup? I can't tell. Yeah, that's that's him himself. Pretty cool guy. You know, what, what I'll say about Michael Berryman is if you've seen a horror movie, he's likely been in it. He's such a long, amazing credit list behind him, too. Hey, speaking of horror, in the second half of this podcast, I have Joseph Hill King, Stephen King's son is the next guest on the podcast right after you. Wow, that's awesome. Now, I understand there's been a cancellation. Tara Manning cannot make it. Is that correct? Yeah, Tara Manning, you'll recognize her from Orange is the New Black, most likely. Right. Fortunately, we had to announce her cancellation. Can't make it out this year due to filming, but we always we always try and get you know any guests to cancel to come back the next year so fans aren't disappointed. Let me just throw this out there. When I went to the Comic Expo in Calgary a couple of years back, there was a young gentleman on stage interviewing Stan Lee. Very professional, very young guy. I followed his career, but he's a radio disc jockey in Saskatoon, and he became the theater quiz guy at Cineplex Odeon. Cineplex pre-show, yeah, uh, DJ Tanner you're talking DJ about. DJ Tanner, that's the dude. So I was just wondering, you know, throwing my hand in the air, do you need somebody to interview your superstars uh, at the expo? Because I could make myself available. Yeah, yeah, that's something you could uh, take the bullet for? Mm, yeah, I could I could <laughs> handle that, and, uh, you know, my fees are very reasonable, and my rider is very short. I just need, like, the good scotch and the good M&Ms. That's <laughs> it and we're covered and a nice chair <laughs> sounds pretty reasonable to be yeah, honest yeah, yeah pretty reasonable <laughs> well i'll have my people talk to your people and we'll see what we can hammer out yeah that sounds great the first ever red deer comic and entertainment expo june 11th and 12th at westerner park get your tickets online you know if you buy your tickets online the 29 for two days it's almost half price if you buy it on site come on out so much fun you get to meet some cool people get to see some amazing cosplay and overall it's just a fun weekend. So cosplay is recommended. And for those uninitiated, can you explain cosplay? Because I just figured out what that was a few years ago. People's definition varies. It can be as simple as, you know, a themed shirt to wearing a mask to, you know, making your own costume that took 400 hours to make. At the end of the day, you know, cosplay is whatever, you know, to you, whatever you enjoy wearing, you enjoy dressing up, wear it at the expo, wear it off proud and just come have fun. Some of these people are hardcore. I'll warn you in advance. Hardcore. <laughs> Oh yeah, so some of the some of the costumes. It looks like they're off a movie set. They're just amazing. Ben Marasco, the CEO of Brasco Exhibitions, and he's Calgary-born and raised entrepreneur who's done a lot in his short time on the planet, including bringing entertainment to the masses. We really appreciate you going through all the hoops to get the Comic Expo here to Red Deer, and we're all going to go and have fun. That sounds great. We hope everyone joins us. Ben, before I let you go, can I ask you this? Since you were born and raised in Calgary, you don't happen to know Jan Arden, do you? Probably ancient history. I 
Ann Arden. No, no, not the, no. I didn't go to school with her. Can't say I know her personally. It's a show is officially in relentless pursuit of Jan Arden, so we're trying to get her on for an interview, and I'm just oh, okay. trying to touch all people that touch me on the podcast, you know, in, yeah, a, in a literal, audible sense, not in a creepy, weird, touching sense. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. All right, Ben, we'll spread the word. We need Jan Arden on the show, and you're welcome back anytime. Thanks a lot for your time, man. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Hello, my name is Jessica, and I'm calling from the radio tour to connect Greg with um, their interview with Joe Hill today. I did want to let you know there's a hard out time of 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock? Okay, gotcha. And uh, if you just stand by, I will connect your line momentarily. Thank you. We've been joined by Greg. I'm Greg Shannon. Welcome to another episode of It's a Show and the introduction of our new feature, Authorized, where we open the book on an accomplished writer, find out how they started, why they do what they do, and give you a sneak preview of their newest work. This gentleman grew up in Bangor, Maine. Reminds me of a song with two parents addicted to the written word. He now lives on the New York Times bestseller list, and from all accounts, he's taken the family business and passion to new heights of horrific with the release of a compendium of short stories, adapted screenplays, TV pilots, three career novels, and a fourth being released today. It's entitled The Fireman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a Vassar grad to the podcast, Joe Hill. Greg, thanks so much for having me on. Our crack research team of one in Toronto discovered that you were named after Joseph Hillstrom, a Swedish-American labor activist who actually faced the firing squad in 1915 after being convicted of murder. That's kind of a cool story to tell at a cocktail party. Yeah, so my full name is Joe Hill King, um, and maybe we'll talk about why I shortened it in a couple minutes. So I write as Joe Hill. You know, my parents are flower power hippies from the 60s. Uh, you know, the music of Bob Dylan and Joan Baez were the soundtrack of their courtship. And Joan Baez, of course, had a uh, hit with a song called I Dreamed I Saw Joe Hill Last Night. And so I was named after the labor leader from the song. I started writing as Joe Hill a little over a decade ago. Maybe No, I guess it was more like two decades ago. Boy, time flies. It's interesting because at some point after I'd been writing as Joe Hill for about eight, nine years, I read a novel by Wallace Stenger about the labor leader. And it was a novel. It was a work of fiction. But it was pretty densely researched. And uh, Wallace Stenger made an argument that Joe was actually guilty of the murders of which he was accused. Uh, he made a pretty good convincing case. So, yeah, I'm named after a really cool guy who uh, did a lot of great stuff for organized labor and wrote some really interesting songs and also shot a couple dudes. But, you know, every life has a couple dark moments in it. <laughs> Your mom and dad, Stephen and Tabitha King... Stephen, yeah. obviously a legend in his time, just like you. I want to know, did your mom and dad read you scary stories at bedtime, or how did you t end up like this? How did it happen? <laughs> yeah, there's the classic Jay Leno joke, which is, you know, Stephen King asks his kids if they want to hear a bedtime story, and they all go, no, no. <laughs> um, the truth is, is my dad told hysterically funny bedtime stories. Great storyteller, obviously. And the stories he told us when we were little kids were terrific. I remember that he quickly realized that for kids, humiliation is more agonizing than death. And so he would tell these stories about Spider-Man. You know, we loved a good Spider-Man story. Nice. But, like, he'd have Spider-Man eat some bad food and get diarrhea, <laughs> and he'd be out fighting. Spidey would be out fighting Doc Ock, and Doc Ock would punch him in the stomach, and 
Spider-Man's bowels would let go, and the suit would just fill up. And as kids, we would begin to shriek in horror because it was so terrible. Couldn't you couldn't even imagine the horror of such a thing? Uh, yeah, so the bedtime stories were pretty terrific. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches seeds, just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. You know something, I so I've been through my phases as a father. I've got four children. My youngest is now 13. My oldest get married in uh, August, and I'm going to be a grandpa in the next couple of years, so I'm definitely, and I tried, I tried my best to make up the on-the-spot stories, but nothing as awesome as that, so I'm stealing those stories from your dad. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, try it out on the grandkids. Great, great idea. Now, let's talk about comics for a second, because Red Deer is having its first ever comic expo coming up uh, next week. And in addition to your novel and short story writing, once upon a time, you wrote a pretty terrific graphic comic book called Lock and Key. That was turned into a TV pilot. The pilot yeah. got made, but you never got picked up. And that conversation is still on and off all the time, correct? Yeah, I'm actually, we're taking a second swipe at it. I'm actually, right now, I'm working on a pilot episode uh, for Lock and Key, and we're going to take another try to see if we can't get it on TV. You know, when I was a kid, comic books were everything to me. Yeah. Uh, all, almost all my favorite writers worked in comics. I loved Neil Gaiman, who wrote the Sandman series. I loved Alan Moore, who wrote Swamp Thing and Watchmen. You know, I loved Frank Miller, who wrote Dark Knight Returns. Uh, it was a great time to be a comic book fan. Maybe inevitably, I just developed a very comic book imagination. My my first big professional breakthrough was when I sold uh, an 11-page Spider-Man story to Marvel Comics. <laughs> There was no diarrhea in it, but um, but it was still a decent Spider-Man story, and it was sort of, you know, it meant a lot to me to finally have that. Yeah, how cool would that feel? I mean, a lifelong fan of that comic, and that's my favorite superhero of all time, Spider-Man. In fact, a young, young boy, my grandma... Rita was supposed to make me a Spider-Man costume and my imagination was going wild for my seventh birthday and uh, she got confused on the colors and actually made it canary yellow and the actual face mask was uh, bee netting. The eyes were right. The eyes were the right shape and everything but there was no webs, no web shooters and it was a horrific disappointment for me. Uh, crushing, crushing uh, blow. I understand that Lock and Key was turned into a 13-hour audio drama. Yeah, Audible. Audible did it as a giant radio play, a kind of old-fashioned radio play with lots of voice actors and sound effects, and but with modern values. They looked at it as a cable series for your imagination. Sometimes a key locks you in, and sometimes it locks you out but not at Key House, where every key unlocks the past, the paranormal, the evil that lurks within. Introducing Lock and Key, an audio drama that will haunt you for years. From the best-selling graphic novel by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez comes a spine-tingling thriller so vivid you'll want to listen with your eyes closed. Featuring Academy Award nominee Haley Joel Osment as Sam Lesser. You were dead! I liked it that way! Golden Globe Award nominee Tatiana Maslany as Dodge. Is that you, Bodie? Playing ghost? I heard you talking to your mother about turning into a ghost. Emmy Award winner Kate Mulgrew as Candace Whedon. Do it if you're gonna do it. Push me. Live the horror of Key House, where evil might lurk in the room next door. Or right in front of you. 
Get the audio drama exclusively from Audible. I had a blast writing Lock and Key. I worked on the comic for six years. Comics aren't for everyone. Some people it just find the form completely inaccessible. And so I think shifting over to audio gave us a chance to reach an audience that we couldn't reach otherwise. So it was a pretty cool experiment. I want to let you know that I have never read one of your books cover to cover, but last night I read a few pages of Nosferatu. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, so the title of that book, it's my third novel, right? And it's, the title is actually NOS4A2, and I titled it that to agonize the guys who do, like, radio shows and podcasts. <laughs> yeah, you did, you did well. <laughs> you have to figure out how to pronounce it on the air. <laughs> you did well. Um, it, it's a vanity license plate. If you sound it out, it spells the German word for vampire, Nosferatu. Okay, there you go. See, always on a deeper level than the rest of us. I like it. No, uh, now, anyway. the book takes place over several decades and opens in a hospital in 2008. Charles Manx, a convicted child abductor, briefly wakes from a coma to threaten a nurse. Her co-workers don't believe her claim because he exhibits only limited brain function. This is, I got to tell you, man, I read like five pages, terrified. <laughs> terrified. Like, oh, my <laughs> well, God. Well, then I did my job right. Yeah, Good. you're a, just a brilliant writer. You just have, obviously have a gift for it. It was just incredible, and it sucks you in and makes you want to go on and keep going. Well, Nosferatu is a big book, and The Fireman is a big book, too. And when you have a book that's six, seven, eight hundred pages, you know, you really, you're kind of making a promise to the reader. You're kind of promising, no, no, trust me, this will be fun. It's not going to feel like homework. It's not going to be hard. I'm going to do the heavy work so you can, you can just have a blast. And that's with a long book, it's really important right from the start to smash the gas pedal down and get things moving and, and to fly. You, you never want the reader to start to feel like, wow, this is a lot of words. You know, so hopefully if I've done my job well, hopefully the books move and, and are fun from start to finish and you actually wish they were longer, not shorter. That's the same philosophy we employed on the radio show was don't waste people's time. Get to it, make it happen and entertain them because that's why they're, that's why they're putting down their hard-earned dough or in my case it was yeah. free. <laughs> well, we live in a world full of distractions, you know, and, and you have to earn people's attention. Right. You have to make it worthwhile to them. And so you have to do that, whatever your medium is, whether, you know, whether you're on a radio show or, you know, you're working on the written page. The Fireman comes out today. Now, do you think you're a better writer today than you were when you created the paragraphs for Heart Shaped Box in 2007? Yeah, I'm certainly a much happier writer than I was back then. So it's not a torturous uh, process anymore. You know it's a job and you got to, you know, commit yourself well, to it daily? It's still pretty hard, but I'm a guy who struggled with anxiety as a younger man. One of the reasons, so I, you know, I, I, I do have a famous dad, and the reason I write as Joe Hill is because when I was 18, 19, you know, I felt like it was important to me to know that when I sold a story, it sold for the right reasons, because an editor was psyched up and liked what they were reading, and not because I had, you know, a famous relative. And so I wrote, I wrote under the pen name for about 10 years before anyone found out about who my dad was. And I really did that out of insecurity, um, because I was an anxious guy. And eventually, over the course of that 10 years, I was able to sell short stories. I had my Spider-Man comic. Um, eventually, I sold my first book of stories to a tiny press in England. And, and the most important thing is, is I built up my confidence and got comfortable in my own skin. So I'm definitely much more at ease with the job and with myself than I was when I wrote Heart Shape Box. 
Well, good job keeping that a secret because that must have been a very difficult thing to do. And I guess if it was in present day, it would be even harder. This was 20 years ago, right? Correct? Yeah, I think today it would be impossible. Yeah. Um, but back then, this was pre-internet. Um, and when the pen name came came apart, there was internet, but it was still very different from the incredibly connected world that we have today. And it wasn't actually that hard to keep it a secret. There's a secret to staying under the radar, and that's failure. I wrote like four books I was never able to sell. <laughs> and I wrote a lot of short stories that nobody wanted. And so there was never really any threat of anyone finding anything out. Um, and when I did start to sell short stories, you know, I was selling them to little literary magazines, and, and there was no reason for me to attract a lot of attention. When I wrote for Spider-Man, I was just another guy writing for Spider-Man. I didn't get into trouble with the pen name until after the first book came out. And when 20th Century Ghost came out, I started to do public appearances for it. And almost as soon as I had to stick my face out in public, people started saying, oh, isn't that funny? He kind of looks like Stephen King, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And right. then it was only a matter of time. Okay, so The Fireman, the brand new book, you're excited. Give us the uh, premise in a nutshell here. Yeah, so The, the Fireman is a plague novel. Um, it's the story of a, a runaway pathogen called Dragon Scale. It's a fungal infection, and there's no cure for it. And you get it on you, and it's actually quite beautiful. It marks your body with delicate black lines. But when you're stressed out, when you're anxious, the lines begin to smoke. And if you can't control your fear, you ignite and die of spontaneous combustion. Cool. And so this infection is everywhere, and hospitals are burning down in every city. Neighborhoods are going up in smoke. And my story focuses on a young woman named Harper who is both infected and pregnant. And she's a nurse, and she knows that if she can live long enough, she can probably deliver a healthy child. And so uh, with the world burning down around her, uh, she struggles to keep alive. Wow, wow, wow. So this is fantastic. It comes out today, and I understand AMC is already looking at it to do some type of Walking Dead similar series. You're close. The, uh, the Fireman has been optioned by 20th Century Fox and Temple Hill as a possible uh, big feature, big crash smash, summer blockbuster type film. The book before it, Nosferatu, has been optioned by AMC as a possible TV series that they would pair up with Walking Dead. So I've been twice lucky. We'll see which one happens first or if either of them happens. Joe Hill, a true pleasure to get to talk to you and spend a little bit of time today. And congratulations on your continued success. You got a gift, and we appreciate you sharing it. And I'm going to uh, become a new fan. Greg, thanks so much. I hope you enjoy the stories. Hi, this is Joe Hill, and you're listening to It's a Show. Is it just me, or is Greg kind of creepy? Is it just me, or is Greg kind of creepy? Perfect, man. Thanks. I'll let you go. Have a great day. That's awesome. Thank you. What a great interview. His part, anyway. Joseph Hill King. Stephen King's son. Just unbelievable. And I never had the chance to ask him. His dad has a band called The Rock Bottom Remainders with people like Dave Barry, Matt Groening from The Simpsons, Maya Angelou, Roger McGuinn from The Birds, you name it. They're there. And that's how he gets his stress relief. I wanted to ask Joe how he relieves stress because apparently that family doesn't take very many vacations. They work hard. Put out a book a month. The Book a Month Club.
Anyway, if you want to find out more historical facts and up-to-date life occurrences on Joe Hill King, check out his Wikipedia page. He's all over social. And the official source, joehillfiction.com. The Fireman is out now. Don't deny your friends the oral pleasure of It's a Show. Spread the word. Find us on iTunes at It's a Show Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And It's a Show Podcast on Facebook. It's a Show proudly brought to you by openhighway.com and the Jackpot Casino, jpcasino.ca online. And we'll leave you with a little bit of Dad's Band. Welcome back. Welcome back, uh, my cheeky monkeys. Now, listen, the only reason I ever wrote a book was to get to play with this band. You have to be an author to play in this band. Uh, And and this is my big shot at show business. So please welcome tonight uh, the Rock Bottom Remainders, everybody. All right, you ready? Yeah. 